Bruins win 2-1 in Game 3 last night in Raleigh, North Carolina. They take a 3-0 lead in the best-of-seven series. You've been watching all the games. And by the way, the, the game did a 17 in Boston last night. So, so everybody was watching. A lot of you are watching. Uh, you've noticed the work of this guy, former NHL goaltender and the pride of Mount St. Charles Academy. Brian Boucher joins us. Boucher, how are you? Hello. Hello. Oh, oh, there, Brian, we there we go. Now we're talking. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> our, it, was, it was our end, not yours. Uh, and I appreciate <laughs> you taking the time. Uh, other than a terrible soft goal, did Tuka Rask play the perfect game for a goaltender last night? Oh, yeah, I think he did. Um, and look, it's a, I mean, it's a soft goal, but it, as a goaltender, I'll tell you, that's a bad a bad luck goal. He he did everything that you'd want him to do. I mean, his pads were there. Yeah, you can make an argument. Maybe the stick's not there, but you, you trust your pads to be able to withstand a slap shot like that. So I'm not going to beat him up too badly on the goal. But, yeah, it was uh, as close to as perfect a performance you could have in goal considering the fact that you knew Carolina would have a strong push at the start of the game and that you'd have to weather that storm. 20 saves in the first period, many uh, of the big-time varieties. Some were lucky. I mean, if we saw the one replay where it just ended up in his glove, um, that certainly helps. But uh, for Rask, man, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I've ever seen him be sharper than he is right now. He's in his zone and for him, he just wants to keep playing games every other day, and when you do that, it's easy to stay stay in the zone. But yeah, it's as close to as perfect a game as I've seen in a long time. What was your impression of Tukaras before this playoff run even began? You know, now obviously you're getting a chance to see him night in and night out, but before the playoffs began in in Boston, he see he's very polarizing as most goaltenders are. But there are definitely a, there was a group that said you can't win a cup with him. Others defended him. Where where did you come down going into this playoff run? I always, I always thought Tuka was a, a a real good NHL number one goaltender, and you know I think the unfortunate part. I mean, if you look at his his history of winning games, I mean every year it's been a consistent thirty plus wins year after year. Um, so you have to respect that, and especially a guy that played the position, you know how difficult that is to have that consistency year after year. But when you don't win a Stanley Cup, and he has a Stanley Cup, but he did not, he was not the starting goaltender when they won the Stanley Cup that year. It was Tim Thomas, and the year prior, um, you know, he was the guy in goal that, that coughed up the 3 nothing lead to Philadelphia. So you can understand why there would be a source of frustration from the fan base. Um, you have to win in order to, to silence the critics. And I think for Tuca, um, it was a good regular season. He didn't play as much. And I think in a lot of ways, having Yaroslav Halak there to kind of ease the workload a bit um, has really helped him at this time of the year to be even more fresh than he has been in the past. Um, he's a slight guy, so it's not like, um, you know, he could probably handle playing 65-plus in the regular season and then have to play your best hockey for the next two months. It's, a, it's an awfully difficult uh, things to do uh, physically and mentally. And I think he's just in a good place right now. I think he's he's mentally sharp. I think physically he feels good. And the lesser workload that he had during during the regular season is paying off. Um, and this is probably the guy that I think that Boston management thought was the guy that they'd see, uh, you know, most postseasons in the past. It probably didn't play out that way, maybe the way most fans wanted it. But uh However you arrive at this situation is how you arrive, and he certainly has been great, and um, we'll see if he can continue it the rest of the way. We're talking to Brian Boucher of NBC Sports. I have great respect for Justin Williams. He's the captain of the Hurricanes, has won Stanley Cups, has been in the league for a long time. 
And I thought he lost his damn mind in the first period last night. He was called for three minor penalties. Could have and probably should have been called for two others. What do you think was going on? Yeah, he's frustrated right now. And, and I, that's really surprising, Dale, because, you know, he's a guy that, you know, I, I played with early on in his career. I know him uh, pretty well. And he's typically a guy that, that's got a cool head about him. And I think right now he's frustrated. I think um, – He's come unglued at times in this series, and he is the captain of this team. And a lot of those young guys look up to to uh, Justin Williams. I mean, there's other veterans in that room like Jordan Stahl and uh, Justin Falk. But, you know, for the most part, you know, Justin Williams is their, their, their guy that they look to. Three Stanley Cups played in a lot of big games. And uh, for whatever reason, right now, he's he's come unglued. And... Um, you know, in a lot of ways, it's unfortunate because he's a guy that typically plays with class and plays with that, you know, that uh, that poise that you need to win and, and, and play in big games. And I think the Bruins have just done a really good job of, of agitating him, uh, getting underneath his skin and getting him to do things that are uncharacteristic. Um, you know, even his comments there after game two, you know, I'm, I'm, it brought a lot of uh, chuckles and laughs, but um, I, I mean, I wasn't a big fan of a comment like that. You know, like I, I think you know when you when you lose a game, you just uh, you take your lumps and you just uh, you make it like it's not that big a deal. But I felt like there was more made of it uh, with his comments, and I just feel like he's just become a little bit frustrated. And that really is uncharacteristic of Justin Williams. He's a guy that typically has a lot more poise, but it just goes to show you uh, when you play a deep team like the Bruins uh, are. They got four lines they can play. They got guys that can get underneath their skin. They play any type of game you want to play. Um, it can be frustrating, even for the the guys that are most experienced. And in this case, Justin Williams. Both teams took seven penalties in the game. Do you attribute that to lack of discipline? Is it not knowing you know what's being called, like the consistency with the refs, or, or what would you say is the reason for so many penalties in the, in the game and in the series? I think it's a little bit of both. I think uh, there there was some undisciplined play. I mean, speaking about Justin right. Williams, you know, that was the case there. But also, too, from each game to game, um, you get two new officials, uh, two new referees every game, and some guys want to call it tighter than others. And But you could figure that out typically in the first 10, 12, 15 minutes of a hockey game of how it's going to be called. And I think the calls were made early on in that game to set the tone that you know, this is going to be called pretty tightly, so you might want to you might want to err on the side of caution when it comes to uh, playing on the edge. Um, and look, if it's going to be a penalty filled game, it's going to be to the Bruins' advantage uh, all day long. So I don't think Boston, in any way, shape, or form, minds going down shorthanded. If they want to play on the edge for the Bruins in this series, I think they should do it. I mean, the, the, the Hurricanes' power play does not strike fear uh, into me. I would say take penalties, try and cheat for some shorthanded opportunities and see if you can frustrate them as well. And when you get on the power play, you know you're going to get some pretty darn good looks. I think the Hurricanes have had a difficult time trying to sort out Boston's power play. I think they've been way too loose in front of their own net, leaving guys in front there. Um, so if it goes to a special teams game uh, in this series, it plays in Boston's advantage. It has so far, and I suspect it'll continue to be that way uh, for Boston when they eventually uh, get this fourth win. Brian, as a former goaltender in this league, do you think you have a handle on what is considered goaltender interference? 
No, it's one of the, it, it, you know, I, sometimes I think I haven't. I'm, you know, last night I didn't really give an opinion on what I thought the call should be uh, just because I, I really was stumped on that one. I, I, it could have gone either way for me. But the eye test tells me immediately that that should have been no goal last night. Uh, there was not enough of a push from Slavin into DeBrus to, to make me think otherwise. But, yeah, I mean, some games you, you talk yourself out of your, you know, your intuition and, um you know, you kind of second guess yourself. It's it's tough. I mean, as a goalie, I always try to look at it from the goalie's point of view and say, hey, uh, you know, is there a way that the goalie could have made this save? Because I was always sensitive to that side of it, right? You're so focused, and as a goalie, you're so focused on the puck and you want, you're focused on the shooter that, you know, sometimes the stuff off to the side, you're not sure how you got bumped, whether it was your defender that pushed him into you. So my mind always tends to want to go there and protect the goaltenders, but, uh, I also want to see some goals scored as well. So, but yeah, it's one of the great mysteries, I guess, for us broadcasters is trying to figure that out on the fly. It can be awfully difficult. Are you in favor of the replay? You know, what, whatever it might be, you know, you see the goalie interference, you see the challenge, then you go back and you see it. And then even after looking at the replay, half the people think it should be a goal, half the people think it shouldn't be a goal. So are you in favor of it, even though it slows down the game? Because obviously the idea is to get the call right, or do you think they should just, you know, uh, get rid of it altogether? With regard to goalie interference, I'm totally fine with it. I think the officials sometimes need to, you know, get another look at it and uh, make the better call. Uh, there's no doubt it's a fast game, and these guys try their best, even with two uh, referees out there. They do their best at trying to figure it out in, in real time, but sometimes they need a little bit of help too. And it's good to put the onus on on the team uh, to 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 see if they want to challenge. Uh, you know, at that point now it becomes a decision. You know, for last night for Cassidy, it was, hey, do I want to risk a timeout to see if we can get a 3-1 lead? Um, and sometimes I think it's a, a risk worth taking. I Like last night, I thought it could have gone either way. I, I was talking in my head that it could have gone either way. And then after I look at it, I say, ah, you know, the goalie really didn't have a chance to make that save. But uh, as far as goalie interference, yes, I'm all about replay. The one that I'm a little bit... Uh, cooling off on is the is the offsides i you know i don't know i think these guys for the most part do the best they can and i think most fans would be okay with uh you know maybe the skate being up in the air and the one skate in the zone letting that go because if you did it from you know looking straight down you know half his body is still on side i think most people would be okay with it i think that's the one that where you know you're trying to find the right camera angle that seems to slow things down but you know in in the spirit of wanting to get it right all the time, uh, I guess you got to look at it from that angle too, trying to get the offsides correct. But I, for goalie interference, I'm good with it. Offsides, I'm cooling on a bit. Final question before we let you go. Going into this series, we thought the Bruins had the advantage in goal and on special teams. I'm not sure we realized what a decided advantage they have in the bottom six forwards because mm-hmm. I don't think Rod Brindamore has an answer for either the Bruins' third or fourth lines. It's a great point, Dale. Uh, yesterday morning, talking to Rod Brindamore, one comment that st- stood out uh, was that he almost wished that the conversation was about trying to stop the Bergeron line and just stopping them and then figuring out how they win a game. He's been more baffled by the fact that, you know, the bottom six for Boston has played a bigger role in this and that he does not have an answer for that. And I think that's where he's overwhelmed by the depth of this Boston team. Uh, the Bergeron line hasn't really been a factor offensively in this series. And for, for Brendan Moore, that's, that's a real source of frustration. Um, credit to the Bruins. I mean, credit to Don Sweeney 
for going out and picking up Charlie Coyle at the deadline. He's been fantastic these playoffs. Marcus Johansson, um, not a lot of fanfare when that when that trade was made, and a lot of it was, hey, trying to find a right winger for David Krejci, and it turns out this guy's the third-line left winger and found a nice home there. Um, the, the, the foresight by Don Sweeney to go out and make these moves and have them pay off the way they have is um, – you know, a feather in his cap. And the fourth line has always been, you know, it's not a fourth line. I mean, we call it the fourth line, but it's always been a factor for the Bruins. And now that they're chipping in offensively, um, can't, can't underscore the importance of, of Sean Corrali to his return in that Toronto series, I thought, turned things around. So, look, this team is so deep. It's a handful for the Carolina Hurricanes to handle. I'm not shocked that this series is 3 nothing in the Bruins' favor right now. The, the time off that the, that the Hurricanes had after sweeping the Islanders I thought was going to hurt them. It certainly has proven to be the case. Uh, and, and this opponent, the Bruins, they're, they're a much different opponent than the New York Islanders. The Islanders, they had issues trying to score goals and generating offense. The Boston Bruins do not have that issue. So um, do the Hurricanes have an answer in game four? I don't think they do. I think the series ends in four. I think there'll be a little bit of a resistance from the Hurricanes early on in this hockey game. But at the end of the day, it is really hard to battle back in a series and, and dig deep and find a way to come back and win from down 3-0. I just don't see it happening. I think the Bruins are going to have a nice long break before they get to the Stanley Cup final. Bush, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us. It's been fun watching your work uh, with Doc and Edzo. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. All right, guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Thanks for Brian. Having. Take care. That is uh, Brian yeah. Boucher, who is with NBC Sports. Uh, he is uh, between the benches, uh, obviously, with the, the number one team, Mike Emmerich and Eddie Olchuk, and he's done a great job for them.